Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. everybody. Today's episode is an interview I did with the Solomon Group podcast. A good friend of mine, Arthur Solomon. You can find his podcast on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. So I hope you check it out and I hope you enjoy today's interview. What's going on, everybody? Arthur Solomon here and I'm joined by my brother Stas and a good friend of ours, Chad Harris, rock star investor here in the Dayton area. And uh, we wanted to come together today and uh, just kind of do a crystal ball kind of a, an analysis of what's what we predict to be the way that this market is going to go in 2021. And uh, we thought, man, this could be a great opportunity to pick Chad's brain. The guy's a guru. Um, runs, I don't know how many companies or how, you know, you're, you're doing everything, brother, man. So uh, you've been involved in real estate many years and uh, mostly you're doing single family, I think. So we'll try to stick to the single family side, but I will pick your brain on some other things as well. So, All right. Glad to help. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So yeah, with all this stuff going on, interest and the inventory and foreclosures, let's, however you wanted to unpack it, kind of just give us a, an idea of what you think. And maybe Stas can give us an idea of what he thinks uh, as well. Well, yeah. I, I would like to think that I had some amazing insight, crystal ball, and be able to predict what's going to happen um, with everything and the uncertainty. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it kind of makes them nervous and they feel like they're sitting on the sidelines. And I would hate for anybody to sit on the sidelines. So I think, you know, let's talk through some of these issues that are worrying people and kind of how we look at it. Because I know the three of us, aren't going to sit on the sidelines and aren't going to slow down in 2021. I know all of us are moving forward and have big plans for growth. So, um, so what are some of the things that uh, we've talked about as like uncertainties or issues in 2021? One is inventory, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure you guys have better numbers on this. Um, as realtors than I even look at, but inventory is crazy low, right? There's a drastic shortage of houses or at least listings. So, so how do you think what, I mean, from your guys' perspective, how does that affect things moving forward this year? What's your take? For me, I think it's great to be in the real estate business right now, just because we're getting our sellers more money than they could possibly ever imagine getting for their property. So it's really favoring the sellers and, um, you know, not so much the buyers. Um, not, and every situation is different, but overall, the market is very much favoring the sellers because we're getting into multiple offer situations. We're getting into a best and highest situation with an escalation clause. I've had even a contract for a property in Hilliard where they said, oh, we'll pay five grand more than what it appraises for. So, you know, it's kind of getting into some dangerous territory a little bit, you know, if you're willing to pay over what the appraised value is. Yeah. So, and you see the prices going up, you see the appreciation too. I mean, Springfield, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, we're not really, 
you know, we don't really appreciate, like if you look back five years, our market hasn't appreciated as much as it's appreciated in the last year or two. And with the interest rates that, you know, locked in, I think the Fed locked them until 2023. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting time, especially with the interest rates locked in, because I think a lot of people were thinking, well, the prices are going to start dropping once interest rates change and buyers can't afford as much house as they used to, right? There's going to be have, have to be something uh, to affect that uh, massive desire of buyers or massive uh, amount of buyers looking at these the set number of inventory or the set number of houses on the market. So I don't think it's going to be interest rates that change it. So that's not going to change anytime soon. But for me, I tend to look at, you know, whatever the market is, it's either a buyer's market or a seller's market, right? And it's just going to fluctuate back and forth. So if we're going to be successful, then right now it's an awesome seller's market. We need to look to make our profit on the selling side and realize that we're going to have to put in some extra effort on the buying side, right? And if it goes the other way, we're just going to adjust our business and how we function is kind of the way I look at it. Do you see an influx, Chad, or in Stas, do you guys see a big influx of inventory as a result of maybe uh, once the, the memorandum that was just signed by uh, Biden, once that expires, do you see a wave of foreclosures? Are you tracking pre-foreclosure numbers? Uh to see if that's going to be a problem. And if so, uh, do you think that our local economy is going to be as impacted as say somebody that's in Texas or New Mexico, for example, where they just lost like 70,000 jobs, oil jobs. Do you think it's going to be that severe? Cause we're kind of more like a service based you know, manufacturing industry. So what is your take on the inventory coming up with the pre-foreclosures and things? What do you think, Stas? You got well, yeah, so I think definitely there's going to be, uh, I think generally speaking, Americans have a tough time with budgeting. I think the average American has less than $400 in their checking account at any point, which is a, a real tragedy, honestly. So when that, when the bills do become due, um, I think there is going to be, you know, there is going to be a lot of collateral damage that is going to happen. Um, I'm not sure to what extent. Um, I mean, this this year's kind of, or this past year has been kind of a surprise for all of us. It really hasn't uh, turned out as 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 I thought. Um, so I, I don't have a crystal ball there, but I think we are going to see a big wave of people who are not going to be able to stay where they are if they can't pay the bills. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's they kind of keep politicians keep kicking that wave down, you know, down the road and extending it. But I think statistically there's going to be a wave. You know, there's been such a change in the economy. I think plenty of people are still making a lot of money. Plenty of businesses are still doing really well. But with all the uncertainty, some of the businesses that we're doing well aren't, and some of the, the jobs are just changing, right? Maybe we have less servers and more drivers. There's going to be some servers that 
that are out of work and some drivers that are suddenly making more money. And with that change, I think there are going to be people who struggle. So um, I don't, I think with that wave, I used to think there was going to be, you know, a sudden uh, point where the market was just hit with all these foreclosures and there would be a drastic moment of change. And now I tend to not think that. I think there's going to be more and more opportunity for where people are struggling to keep up with payments or maybe they're so far behind they give up on on making their payments. And I just think there's gonna be more and more people that are helped with a subject to offer or creative finance deals. And I think the actual moment of massive foreclosures coming on the, the market is going to get lessened and kind of just extend it out. That's the way I tend to see it. So yeah, I think so, right now is a great time to be a wholesaler. If you're in real estate, right now is a phenomenal time for you to bring assets to the market. Um, you know, we are in such short supply and there's so many people who are behind. And if you can give them a way out, you know, if they haven't paid their mortgage in, you know, last two, three, four, five months, however long it's been, if you can come and alleviate that problem right now, it's a gold mine out there. And, you know. And it's only going to get better, <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. Just keep working at it, man. But if there's no massive wave of foreclosures hitting the market, that's not going to affect retail prices very much, right? If, if you're doing flips, that's not really going to affect that very much, I don't think. Well, unless you have so many that it becomes a buyer's market instead of a seller's market where the consumer has more. But yeah, you, obviously a foreclosure is not a retail buy kind of a situation, so maybe it won't. Yeah, but I think I, it'll I give guess, I think of it if if there's a massive wave of foreclosures that hit and suddenly inventory has this massive spike, then yeah, that will affect prices. But I think if more and more of those properties are picked up before the actual foreclosure and those foreclosures are stretched out a while, it's not, you know, a big wave where they all suddenly hit, then I think the inventory is just going to creep up and the demand's going to keep up with it because people are kind of holding off on buying and moving right now. And if inventory ticks up and demand ticks up with it, well, then the retail prices will stay the same, right? Or, or continue yeah. on the, on a hot market. So what are your thoughts as far as the, obviously demand is pent up high demand, interest are low. Everyone wants to get in and buy what do you see um, as far as um, developments? Do you see developments going at the rate that they're going for the next year at least? New construction, stuff like that? You know, new construction is kind of a, a tricky thing, I think, in our market, Dayton Springfield. The, you know, first-time homebuyer housing prices are so low, I think there's only certain um, target uh, builds that are actually profitable for the builder. So I, I think our current inventory is going to keep rising in value. Personally, I think they're only going to build high end houses or, or apartments. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that there's like, I look at Springfield, Clark County, for example, and 
we've got a lot of people from Columbus even coming over now, competing with the people here in town in Springfield. And uh, there's is the biggest subdivision. In, is that competing on a on building or competing like buying a uh, rental property or moving to the area? What's that mean? Really anything. They're open to new construction or existing uh, properties. But like I look here in Springfield, I could probably sell 10 condos, but I don't have 10 condos to sell. <laughs> right yeah. now, I could probably write up 10 condos today and I just do not have the inventory. So like I look at condos, for example, like 55 and over communities. I think those things will uh, will be you know, strong in, in the next couple of years. Commercial side of things, I mean... I don't really see, you know, if COVID's taught us anything, it's that you don't really need an office. You know, you don't really need a place of, of establishment to be at. You can do everything like this, even Zoom, to connect uh, virtually. And um, so commercial side of things, I think it's going to, it's not going to be as favorable. So I don't necessarily see the big demand like an Austin landing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're going to build a big one out here, but you never know. So I would say the single family and multifamily and the 55 and over communities will uh, continue to be, to be built. But you're right. There's a big, look at the prices. The prices have gone up like even two by fours. They're like double the price. Metal is double the price. I mean, you look at all of the supply chains and everything, everything's kind of been disrupted with COVID. So everything went up in price. And so the, the new construction is going to cost you more. And yeah. uh, that's true. It's, it's a bottleneck. So if new construction is going to cost more, be less profitable. Um, what do you, I mean, does that lend itself towards continuing to flip and remodel existing uh, listings or, or what do you think that means? Where I guess where's the opportunity, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in a city like Springfield, where we have an excess of inventory, we used to have here in town, I think, close to a hundred thousand people. We've got like sixty thousand here now. So there's there is an excess inventory. So I do see uh, the rehab game continue to be strong. Um, I, I think that you know. Yeah. Overall, overall, I think that that market's going to continue as long as the interest rates are low. I really don't see anything that's going to prohibit, that's going to be prohibitive, to get into the business or to get into home ownership or to, you know, if the interest is two percent, three percent. I mean, three percent or something for a homeowner, that's ridiculously low. So as long as those those are kind of where they're at, but I don't know. You can't just keep going and going. Everything is good, 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 good. Eventually, something is going to have to happen. And, you know, if the, the people are out of jobs because they're not making enough money and the government's only gave them, what, 1400 bucks? And I heard 1400 bucks if you get the COVID shot. So I can't wait to get my 1400 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Going to Sizzler when that 1400 bucks hits the account, right? <laughs> man. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see... I don't see how we can keep the economy closed down, closed down and still expect people to, to be financially well off. I think that there is something that's going to happen. You can't just keep kick, kicking the can down the road, as you as you mentioned. Yeah. Gonna, we're going to have to make some adjustments. So that's where investors like us, like I'm not 
I, you know, I don't want another crash, but I tell you what, when the crash comes, I'm going to be ready and I'm going to be ready to buy some houses, some apartments and who knows what. Um, so I'm just keeping my eyes open, my ears open and going with the flow. <laughs> that's the that's crystal ball prediction. So, um, you guys have anything else to add or any you know, comments? So I've been listening on Audible to this interesting book, and it's called um, The New Great Depression. So it's not real optimistic. I'm going, I'm going to tell you that up front right now. Is, is that the Great Reset? Does it have to do with the Great Reset? Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not related to the Great Reset, um, but it's got a lot of information on COVID and kind of the impact and why governments worldwide uh, acted the way they did. And it's got a lot of economic data comparing now to um, to the Great Depression and, and in relation to previous recessions. So I think it's, it, uh, it's not real positive on where the economy is going in the next, let's say, two years. But it was also, it was written in the fall. So I think it I think its predictions might be a little delayed by all the stimulus and extension of unemployment and extension of foreclosures. But I do think the economy has to turn. I just don't know if it's gonna be a massive V or if it's gonna trickle out. Um so, but with the interest rates, so I guess my perspective is how to prepare. Cause I'm similar to you or you guys, you know, preparing for, I'm going to move forward with the business, but I'm also going to prepare for whenever those deals do come. Right. So with interest rates, I'm, I'm working to refinance our existing uh, properties or existing portfolio and get some long-term uh, low interest money and build up cash reserves for, those good deals coming. And additionally, like I talked about with the subject too, I think there's a whole bunch of creative finance deals on the horizon. And in a really hot market, those are tough, are tougher to find um, because sellers think, well, I could just list it and sell. But I think as things start to turn, those will be more and more attractive to sellers. So. Yeah, two two of the flips that we have, well, one we sold in New Carlisle, um, and we have one have one in Troy. Those are both creative financing where we gave the seller, I think it was ten grand a piece. And uh, I think you're looking, Stasi, you're looking at one in Columbus today. It's a creative financing deal too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so how did you structure those deals, creative finance for a flip? So the one in New Carlisle, we've uh, assumed the, the, you know, the seller's uh, mortgage. We gave her ten thousand down because she needed to move. She was having some personal issues with family, and uh, you know, she just needed to go. Um, very happy with that. So once we did the rehab, we got it under contract next day after putting it on the market, uh, and then within you know, probably six weeks because the rehab was only like two weeks for us. After about six weeks, it was you know off our hands. She got her mortgage paid out, and um, very very happy, very happy. She thought it was like magic trick. Um, <laughs> same thing awesome. with the Troy. It's very similar, very similar story. You know, at first they they were kind of skeptical, 
Uh, but you know, once, once we put the money up and we did closing and you know, they couldn't be even, they couldn't be happier. That's sharp. You know, so when I speak a lot on how to talk to sellers or how to get creative financing deals accepted, and a lot of times people act like there's some magic formula or magic wording, you're trying to convince them to take this offer. And I think what you said is completely like the key. You're just, you're helping them, right? They didn't know, they, they didn't know that was a way they could sell their house. They thought maybe they'd have to make the repairs or they'd have to take a massive hit on price or whatever. And you're giving them this opportunity that they didn't know about, like magic, like you said. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's worked out really well for us. And we're seeing more and more like what that was just in the last month. We just got or a month and a half two creative financing deals, which last one we did before that was like two years ago. All right. So these two creative finance deals and the one you're going to look at in Columbus, was that due to some recent economic change that they were behind and ready to take payments or, you know, take subject to their mortgage or what was, what was it? Well, this is my opinion. I'm not speaking for the sellers. Um, the, the vibe that I got from them is they were really concerned with it with the political instability that's going on. Uh, so I, I think that was a, a big driver for them. They were looking for, you know, security at some point to where like they have some money now and then they can go move and, uh, you know, kind of ride out this impending storm or I don't know, that's maybe the vibe that I got. Interesting. Had their income changed at all? Or it was just kind of like the uncertainty of watching the news and and fearful. I think it's just the news. Uh, both these uh, were retired individuals. You know they. Okay. Yeah, and they they had no interest in fixing up the toilet and doing all the flooring and carrying all this stuff and buying the paint and bringing in the contractors. They had zero interest in doing that. They said, "You take care of that." You can make some money on that. I'm out of here. I got other, other I got other things I need to worry about. I got other yeah. places I gotta be. So sure. So yeah, the house was a problem to them and they were ready to move on. All right. Cool. So do you think well, that will continue now that you know, I wouldn't say there's political certainty, but at least, you know, kind of who's running the ship now. And uh, you think, do you think people's uh, fears moving forward will continue with uh, kind of not knowing what the new leader is going to do? Or what are your thoughts? For me, I think it's, I think it's kind of simmering down. So I, I think People are, you know, coming to grips with, you know, this new normal, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it <laughs> with everything. I know we've been saying that for a whole year now, but uh, I think some of that is going away. I think there's going to be other things that are going to come up, like landlords who are tired of the, the CDC order and, you know, tenants living in their house for four or five, six months without paying a dime. 
um, and them not being able to, you know, to evict them. I think there's going to be some, some landlords who are going to, you know, who are going to feel a different kind of this political stress, uh, you know, because they're kind of, their hands are tied. They still got to pay the water bill. They still got to pay the utilities. They still got to pay the taxes, the insurance, everything. And, uh, you know, those mom and pop landlords, the real small guys, not the apartment complexes. I think those guys are going to, you know, feel the heat. Um, and I think those guys, perhaps some of them will be in the market to sell. So I think that is also an opportunity that people should keep an eye out, you know, look for the disgruntled landlord. I will add also that I think if you look at places like New York and California, where you have a net huge net migration out, those people need the place to go. And so we're set up, we're one of the most affordable markets in the country. So I think that's going to be a big draw for people to migrate into a place where the housing is, you know, half or a third of what they're paying in New York for a house, you know, and I know there's a lot of, uh, I think in places like New York and California that we're going to see more of a foreclosure crisis happen there than we are here because our affordability and, you know, yeah, it's much yeah. cheaper. The cost of living is much cheaper here. So we might see a, a, a net migration into places like Springfield, like Dayton and Ohio in general. Yeah, I could see that as well. I think so. I don't, you know, before our market really struggled because there was a migration out with the automotive industry changes. And I don't think we're going to see anything like that again. So I, th I think we're going to see it the migration moving in. So have, have a plus side migration. So doesn't I think hurt us that we have the num number one employer in the, in the state of Ohio, right? Pat in our backyard. <laughs> well, yeah. And they've got the drone program and drones aren't going anywhere. That's only going to get bigger. And I think there's a lot going on. Yeah. The best is yet to come. <laughs> there we go. So, and I 100% believe, so like with Jim Rohn, what's Jim Rohn's, uh, one of his key sayings is, uh, is your success is not determined by the direction of the wind, but the set of your sail, right? So I completely believe if we stay in a hot seller's market for most of 2021, we're going to succeed. We just set our sails to a seller's market. If it starts to swing towards the buyer market, we're going to swing our sales and we're still going to keep the ship moving forward, um, picking up deals on the buyer's market. So, so I think either way, it's much better to uh, work on how to adjust the sales and succeed in any market than it is to try to predict nine months in the future what the market's going to do. That's kind of the way I think about it. Yep. And giving up is not in our DNA. Never. So whatever comes, you know, everything's going to be all right. It all, we always are, you know, so. Yep. Even if there's turmoil coming, you know, there's somebody has to benefit from it. So. Yeah. What's that story, Stas? You told us the story the other day while kayaking. Uh, Jim Rohn was invited to the place in Hawaii to speak to the executives. And they said, what's the future hold? What's he say? Yeah, yeah. So this is like, I think this is in the 80s, right? He gets flown out there and then he's talking to executives and, you know, they're they're asking us like, well, Mr. Roan, like, can you give us your your opinion of what the 80s are going to be like? 
And Mr. Rohn's like, yeah, okay. Um, well, about the same. And he's like, but I don't tell that just to anybody. You know, this is this is real stuff that you got that you guys are getting. I don't just say that to anybody. So I think a big thing with that is just like life is going to continue. Everything, you know, the past repeats itself. Things are not going to get, you know, flipped up upside down overnight. Everything will be more or less the same through the 20s. It's kind of hard to, 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 to say that sometimes, but I believe it. Everything will work itself out. It always does. All right. I'm with you. I agree. Well, guys, it's been a real pleasure to have both of you on on the podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing another one of these some point in the near future. So let's see how our predictions come true. Maybe we'll rewind this thing and see where we're at in six months. Yeah. Yeah, man. Glad to be on. Always enjoy it. Thanks, Thank guys. you so much, Chad, Stas, for joining us today. And uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Subscribe, like the page, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.